0: So today I wasn't on the air, but um, every other day that I have had to be on, I've been using that. So it's cool. It's good. Working yeah. from
1: home. Make That's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Well, we're super pumped to have you. Field Yates, everybody. Wild Chat Sports Podcast here. Super pumped to have them on. So uh, Field, maybe, uh, maybe just talk about how you got into, you know, uh, the interest of pursuing a career in sports.
0: I think I always knew I wanted to, well, I shouldn't say I think. I knew I always wanted to be in sports from a young, young age. Um, Probably not that dissimilar to you guys in that growing up, my life was shaped around sports and started playing sports at a young age. And fortunately my parents exposed me to all sorts of sports, but football really was the one that I was always most passionate about and always felt like I had, um, sounds sort of odd to say, but a relationship with that I knew would extend beyond just playing it. I knew I wasn't going to play it for a very long time. College was certainly as far as I would go, but I always wanted to do something surrounding sports, and that led me to where I am today, working at ESPN, which included some stops prior to working in the media side, which were specifically on the scouting side. So I had a little bit of exposure to the scouting world in the NFL and that kind of gave me a bit of a unique perspective to be a part of the ESPN family and the ESPN team which is where I'm at now and um, I always tell people um, it doesn't feel like a job. I know it's a corny cliche and I know that it's something that's been said by a lot of people but when it starts to feel like work I would consider doing something else but for now I feel really like I have the greatest job that you could have uh, not just for someone my age or somebody who has my interests. I really do feel like the best job you could have would be watching football and then talking about it on podcasts and TV and everywhere else for a living.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, I've been taking you guys' advice on every week. So I'm hoping one one day I'll get the championship in my league, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, I wanted to get to – so you grew up in Weston, Mass. You played at Wesleyan uh, University for lacrosse, right? I played. I actually played football and lacrosse
0: at Wesleyan back in uh, my college days. So I'm from outside of Boston, um, and then I've I've been uh, mostly in New England throughout my entire life. So, um, and I'm still here now, looking outside of a dreary, wet, semi-cold day. So, but at this point, can't complain about the weather in New England because uh, I should know better. We're we're accustomed to it.
1: Yeah, I know that. that so I'm I'm uh, I'm from Andover, Mass. So that's where I'm at right now. So I'm only a half hour away from you, right? There you go. Uh, not too far that's right that's right (laughs) so uh in terms of so you had an internship i saw like with the chiefs um two seasons with the chiefs two seasons or four seasons with the patriots
0: yeah sort of so um um, i worked full-time for the chiefs that was my real job um working in the scouting department that uh and the Patriots um, opportunities, I called it an internship because it's probably easier than trying to describe it further than that, but a lot of time working with the Patriots as well when I was still in school, so it wasn't a full-time job, but um, really gave me, I tell people working for the Patriots and then eventually working uh, for the Chiefs in a real job where you're actually making money was what I would call my football Rosetta Stone, right? So we try to learn new languages. Not that football is something that is entirely foreign relative to all other knowledge that I have, but there is something to be said for learning the ropes of football and learning the scouting terminology that people rely upon and not just being able to say that, hey, Tom Brady is a great quarterback. It's being able to say specifically, um, this is what makes him such a unique quarterback and why he is the greatest of all time.
1: Oh, absolutely. And what what two crazy experiences. I mean, working with the Chiefs, I mean, of course, they just won the Super Bowl, and the Patriots, the dynasty that they've had over the past decade or, or more, uh, really. Yeah. So, um, just in it, pretty cool. So maybe t- just talk about, like, you know, what the typical day is like for an uh, NFL insider at ESPN. You know, maybe give us, you know, the routine, what the routine yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Well, obviously nothing is normal right now, right? But right. <laughs> uh, during a normal day when I am uh, in Bristol, specifically during the season, you know, I'm a morning guy, so I'm an up early guy. Um, I'm not, not much of a night owl uh, other than just watching games on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays when they're taking place. But morning guy, so, you know, the, the day certainly involves from start to finish monitoring news that's something you can count on and obviously a lot of that stems from social media and Twitter specifically but during the season we do our podcast the fantasy focus football podcast early in the day and we've got a meeting prior to that so I'm pretty much up at the gym and then right to work for uh, the beginning portion of our prep uh, for the podcast and the podcast takes me almost to the middle of the day and before you know it it's lunchtime and uh we have long meetings and long show and then certainly after the show we have some catching up to do and um then throughout the day whether i'm doing sports center nfl live any other television programming we have normally in the afternoon plus during the season you know there's so much news taking place so you're doing rankings you're updating rankings you're writing a column you're uh doing appearances on radio so um although no two days are the same those are the kind of things that tend to occupy a day uh, that don't involve watching a game itself. Cause as I mentioned, you've got games all day Sunday, you've got Monday, you've got Thursday night, college football on the weekends. So um, a lot of the day sort of evolves a few basic things, which is watching football, studying, watching games. You didn't get the chance to watch live and trying to be as prepared as you can for the upcoming week ahead.
1: Yeah, I know. That's awesome, man. That's, that's so cool. Uh, so, do you so just so are you based in weston at, as of right now like do you commute to bristol daily for work? no I, no i don't i haven't lived there
0: for a long time but um i uh I, yeah i i go back and forth between bristol and um and you know, i stay in a hotel down there so uh you know i got a lot of marriott points and Hilton yeah, points which is nice so Uh, Some days I drive back and forth, but uh, I do still live in Massachusetts, but a lot of my time I I am down uh, in Connecticut, which uh, obviously other than right now is where all the action would normally take place.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, Do you know, uh, do you happen to know Jason Romano? I've been listening to some of his podcasts too. I know he used Sure.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Jason's an old friend of mine, great guy, and done a nice job with the platform he has now, and I know he inspires a lot of people and Brings a lot, of, a lot of unique guests and probably one of the nicer people you ever come by. Just sort of a gentle, humble guy who cares about his family, his faith. And when we work together, certainly as football, he loves the Dallas Cowboys. So I always like a yeah. shop with Jason.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. So I, I don't know him too well, but my uncle was friends with him. And that's how I sort of reached out because I heard he was interested in sports. Um And that's yeah. his podcasts and stuff. So uh, that, I, it's uh, he seems to be doing pretty well now. So. Um, yeah, no doubt. He is
0: doing yeah. well. Yeah, it seems like he's got a great thing going. And uh, I find him to be one of the more uplifting people. So I always enjoy, uh, you know, catching up with Jason. Our, our paths don't cross often, but uh, if they do, uh, he's a person that's worth it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and another thing I wanted to ask uh, was, you know, what, what's your relationship like uh, with Matthew Barry and Stefania Bell off camera? Do you guys still get into like debates on who to start, who to bench week in, week out throughout fantasy season? Yeah, a lot of our conversation
0: before and after the show is, all right, hey, you know, I brought up, and I'm just making this up as an example, I, I brought up my Randall Cobb versus Robbie Anderson, you know, flex consideration question during the show. I'm thinking about it more and more. What do you think? Um, I would say we have a relationship that's a lot like a family, almost like siblings in the sense that, you know, there are times where we can't help ourselves but have a little bit of fun at each other's disposal, and sometimes we have some almost like headbanging arguments over things that probably aren't even worth arguing over but that's just kind of how it goes it's all love right so in the end we uh, respect each other and I would have either their backs and Daniels and everybody else involved in the show as well uh, if they ever needed it uh, but, but there are also times where uh, we jokingly and want to you know they, they they drive me crazy or I drive them crazy uh, It's a skill that each one of us feels like we probably are uniquely equipped to have um, inevitably, when you spend a lot of time with people, and during the season, I spend as much time with them as anybody. Uh, you're gonna, you know, grow into traditions and fun inside jokes. You're gonna have some moments of jubilation together, and uh, yeah, it was like they're they're my work family. So we always have a great time mixing it up. And when we have the chance to go on the road, it's always fun to catch a little bit of our breath together and um, you know enjoy some moments that don't involve just sitting in the studio. So it's always a lot of fun, and uh, I consider them you know, as much a part of my
1: uh, my work family as anybody. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I was just curious if you guys get in those, like, debates off camera as well, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to talk about fantasy football at all
1: times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess this is the perfect transition. So, for the last few minutes, because I know uh, you're on a t- little bit of a time crunch here, um, the second half of this portion of our podcast, uh, I have questions from my leagues that they, from my league that they had for you. Uh, in terms of rapid-fire questions uh, that we do like it ask you uh, any insight that you have. Uh, the league is called Puerto Rico, uh, and okay. my personal team name is Colston's Crib. Okay, Colston's Crib. Marcus after, uh, Colston. after Marcus Colston. Yeah, so it, it five years ago I made that like team name and I just stuck with it since and it's just the most obscure name ever, but hey, you know, it's it's working. So um all right, so one so one person asked all right, so one popular question right now is do you think uh Brady will be a top ten fantasy QB this year in Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah, I haven't actually had my, my ranks go online, but I've got them saved in the document on my computer and I had them at nine in my most updated rankings. Um, Yeah, so I think there's certainly a path for him to be a top 10 quarterback, which is why I have him there. Great wide receivers and offense that, you know, they're not going to be afraid to push the football down the field. And, you know, defensively, while they did play better during the last half of last season, they still were the second worst pass defense in the NFL, which is a good thing when you're looking for fantasy points for your own quarterback, because that tends to mean they're allowing a lot of points. Um, You know, I'm not getting too bent over backwards about quarterbacks that aren't in, like, my top three, and the reason I say that is that I think Tom Brady could be a top 10 quarterback next year, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also, like, I think there's a good chance that there could be, like, I don't know, six or 12 guys that could be somewhere between that range of six and 12, right, so um, I think Tom Brady could be a top 10 quarterback, but I got guys that are further down my list, And I think for sure it could be a top 10 quarterback, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger could be a top 10 quarterback this upcoming season. Tyrod Taylor could be a top 10 quarterback this upcoming season. Daniel Jones could be a top 10 quarterback this upcoming season. So um, definitely believe it's possible for Brady. I'm just not getting too hung up in, all right, well, is he definitely better than let's say, again, some of those guys that I just mentioned who might be, you know, at least part of that conversation, Matthew Stafford. You know, certainly you can right. – you have to rank one ahead of the other going into the season, but I'm not losing too much sleep. If somebody says I've got, again, Ryan Tannehill slightly ranked ahead of Tom Brady and I have it inverted, that right. it
1: sort of is what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. So, I mean, another thing right now is, you know, with the Buffs, they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Is the, who, who do you think is the go-to – wide receiver for the Bucks this upcoming season who, who would you have the slight edge over another
0: I guess a slight edge goes to Chris Godwin based off of my rankings you know not last year he was number two in fantasy points per game amongst wide receivers Mike Evans number five so um, another one of those things where it's sort of like counting blessings right it's not like I'm going to have any issue if somebody lands Mike Evans as opposed to Chris Godwin in their draft I'm not going to take them to task on that I think Godwin just because of volume I think Evans is a little bit more touchdown prone even if the numbers last year don't tell you that but two guys that incredible production Mike Evans you know joined Randy Moss last year the only two players to hit a thousand receiving yards in each of their first six seasons so special dude special player Chris Godwin though just a little bit more volume operating more out of the slot which I think you know as we know Tom Brady has always loved the slot receivers
1: yeah no definitely um yeah, that, that question was from my friend uh, Graham Fokey. Uh, once again, we're huge fans of you, man. So I really appreciate you stepping on. Of up. course. Yes, this is awesome. Uh, another question I had was my friend Liam Alden. Uh, so he's debating keeping Lamar Jackson or Kenny Galladay. Galloway, excuse me from the Lions. Uh, who, who who would you keep there in that situation?
0: Yeah. So I think there's a pretty good chance and. I'm not Mike Clay, one of my counterparts at ESPN, but he he does our projections year over year. Um, You know, and he always talks about regression being a likely thing. It's definitely possible that uh, Lamar Jackson comes back down to earth a little bit next year. Um, But I think if you were to say what's more likely, Lamar Jackson is the runaway number one quarterback again next year, or Kenny Galladay becomes like a top three wide receiver, then I think the answer is probably Lamar Jackson repeating his success from last year, which is why I would keep Jackson. I know that it sort of runs counter to what I always talk about during the pre draft process, which is, Hey, don't rush your quarterback selection, but just because of Lamar's uniqueness and the fact that Galladay is a really awesome player, but there's incredible depth at wide receiver this year. I'm telling you, it's crazy how many good guys there are that aren't even in my top 30 for wide receivers
1: is there one that sticks out to you? Like one, one sleeper you got, or?
0: Uh, he's not a sleeper. I was having a hard time finding room for Cortland Sutton in my top 20 this year, which sounds crazy. Cause down the stretch last year, he was incredible every single week he was making a play. So you look at guys like Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams, who can be an effective player. Right out. He couldn't even make my top 35. I don't think. So Robbie Anderson got $10 million a year from the Panthers. And I don't know where he slots. So, uh, you know, I, I always tell people I'm not a huge sleepers uh, person for the simple reason that fantasy football is so popular now that there'll be times where someone will ask me for a sleeper and I'll give them a name and they'll say, "It's not a sleeper." I've got him in four of my leagues already, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's like the, the Packers' fourth wide receiver, and they know him backwards and forwards. So uh, it's hard for me to say that too many guys are true sleepers, given that uh, fantasy football. Has become such a big business and so many people are so aware of all the key players.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, a big offseason, obviously, within the NFL. Um, another big move was surprisingly, uh, the Houston Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals in exchange for David Johnson and I believe a pick. Yeah, thing along those lines. Does how How does that affect DeAndre Hopkins value because he's my keeper right now, so I'm the law. you think his value goes yeah. up with Kyler Murray or he goes down with goes down in Arizona
0: yeah i I think it stays about where it was, which is good news right There's not much room for it to go up because you can make a case for him as the most consistent wide receiver for the past five seasons, so I can't tell you like, oh, you should be smiling ear to ear because he got traded. I can also tell you you shouldn't be sad at all. he's still going to be incredible to me. Still a clear-cut top, you know, three wide receiver, maybe five if you feel strongly about some other players. But, um, you know, they're going to be very pass-heavy in Arizona. They're going to run four wide receiver sets. If you look at the number of plays they had last year with four or more wide receivers on the field, it was like twice as many as the next closest two teams. It was incredible. Uh, And Christian Kirk received nearly a quarter of the targets last year. And I don't think Arizona – is going to make any mistake about the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is their best wide receiver by far. uh, And Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, their most legendary and iconic. But I think that uh, Hopkins will go in there and be the immediate target vacuum that he was uh, in Houston last year and the year before and the year before that and every year since he's been drafted. So uh, I don't think there's any downside, I should say, uh, to this trade from a fantasy perspective for DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, and on the flip side of that, you have David Johnson. You know, just curious. I mean, he had a major drop, you know, ever since uh, Kenyon Drake came along for, for the Cardinals. Yeah. And ultimately, Johnson got traded at Houston. Do you think he goes back to RB1 status, or do you think he's still pretty, pretty low-key?
0: Definitely could hit RB1 status, you know, finishes finish top 10 running back. But what I, I, my rankings don't reflect that as of yet. I've got him, I think, at running back 15. It's more just because there are some really elite running back options that uh, have been in the same system or have, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper, excuse me, Alvin Kamara, and uh, guys that sort of just – Saquon Barkley that you just – you just sort of run it down the list. But uh, David Johnson has a chance to. I mean, such a talented player. The only reason why I hedged a little bit is I don't think that the signs last year were necessarily a guarantee that David Johnson was going to um, – or is going to or has regressed but you know a guy was he was benched last year and there's no two ways about that and uh you have you know the question will be whether the Cardinals saw something um that made them believe was it more David Johnson wasn't quite good enough or was it more that Kenyon and Drake was just that good um so that's what we're gonna have to decipher for David Johnson in Houston but Houston is betting on him being just that good.
1: That is you. All right, there we go. Yeah, I just lost sound for a little bit, so I was like trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, no, David Johnson, one of my buddies, he kept him last year, so that's why he, he was a yeah. little because he, I don't know, it was like a swing and a miss, you know. So it's kind of better to keep him this year than last, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you gotta head out pretty soon, so uh, I guess my last question, actually one small question, is Leonard Fournette a keeper? You think or no?
0: Yeah, I would think so. You know, Jacksonville's in this weird, uh, not quite a teardown, but also not entirely sure what they're doing off season. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing, I should say. But you know, Fournette caught the ball so much last year, and he only scored three rushing touchdowns, and he was really, really effective in fantasy week after week. And Jay Gruden, their new offensive coordinator, should be pretty steady with his, uh, you know, his play calling has a track record, and that's to be you know, aerially minded and I think that uh Leonard Fournette, you know, he's somewhere between ten and fifteen for me in my initial running back ranks, even if the rushing touchdowns are close to what they were last year, where, you know, three rushing touchdowns is definitely not what you're looking for, but uh so gifted as a pass catcher is Fournette that I think he's got a chance to be close to what he was last season.
1: All right, sweet. So I, there's a little bit of hope for me this year. I don't know. But pass me Colson's crib, I don't know. I don't I think it may have been the curse. I don't know, but um, Gil, appreciate you taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, overall, what, what would you say is your favorite part of the job before we head out?
0: My favorite part of the job is the fact that fantasy football is about a lot more than winning your matchups on Sunday. Um, fantasy football is a community. It's about establishing relationships with people that you've been close to for your entire life, people you've never met before, family members, uncles, cousins, you name it. Um, to me, it's, it's a way to bring people together, and there are a lot of people that take a lot of comfort in playing fantasy football, and for us to be able to provide a, just a small dose of entertainment for you guys is what it's all about, and uh, for not fantasy football, would we be connected on this, you know, this video chat right now? The answer is probably not, so really glad of the impact that fantasy football's had on my life and what I think it means to a lot of people every single week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. Uh, thank you so much, man. Field Yates, everybody, NFL Insider. Uh, really grateful to have them on our podcast. Give Puerto Rico a little bit of uh, insight here. Could use the help, but no, more importantly, thanks for telling us more about your career. Awesome story and, and uh, glad to have you, man, and stay in touch. Appreciate it. All right, uh, bud. Appreciate you, buddy. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. You too.
0: From the sweet life of Zach and Cody, and the sweet life of Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille
1: Kostek. McGavin in the house. Shoot, nice again, Ray Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) This is CeeLo Green. Follow at Wild Chat Sports. 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 Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love. Love